Hi there. I'm Dr. Paula McDonald, and I welcome you to my podcast, Live Today. It's here that together we'll explore the concept of balance as God designed it to be for us, His children. Balance of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's what I've named Theosynthesis. And it's here, waiting for you. Well, hello, everyone. It's so great to always be back with you and talking about all kinds of different topics. And today's topic, we're going to really dive into radiating God's love. Hmm. So as I was thinking about this, I really thought about this praise and worship song, Shine, by the Newsboys. Boy, does that date me <laughs> as I begin um, working on this. And this is actually a chapter in my book, Theosynthesis, chapter 16. And I put the words to the, the song, Shine, make them wonder what you got, make them wish that they were not on the outside looking board, shine, let it shine before all men, let them see good works, and then let them glorify the Lord. Wow. Shine makes them wonder what you've got makes them wish that they were not on the outside. Wow. You guys, the word shine, it actually means to emit rays of light, to be bright by the reflection of light, or to have a bright glowing appearance. And the Bible is jam-packed with verses on light, which refer to these definitions. Whenever God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit is described, Frequently, it's in some form of light. Other words and phrases that you can see in the Bible are radiance, a glow, brilliance, beam, ray, all commonly associated with God's presence. And I have been fascinated by this topic of God's light from the first time when I was a little girl and watched the original movie, The Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston, wasn't he a great Moses? And he comes off the Mount Sinai after meeting with God. And his hair is just this brilliant white, having this look of awe and wonder deeply etched into his face. And of course, this was Hollywood's version. Yet the scripture clearly describes what happened. So in Exodus 34, 29, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. And then further down in this passage, we see that anytime Moses would go into the tent and talk to God, his face was so exceedingly radiant that he had to put a veil on his face for the people. So there was no doubt that the people of Israel knew and understood Something was visibly different about Moses. His inner light was shining and it was noticeable. The term Shekinah glory comes from the Hebrew language, meaning the presence of God dwelling on earth. And many believe that this pillar of light, which guided the Israelites throughout their journey in the desert, was an example of God's Shekinah glory. And this type of light, however, 
it's not a type of light that we are familiar with here on earth. And so just as sound has its own frequencies, light also has various frequencies of waves that can be measured. But the Shekinah glory light doesn't appear to follow any laws of light that we know of on this earth. And so it's different. It's brilliant, yet not blinding. And science has not been able to define this type of light. Well, you guys, I can relate to this radiance and this type of light because I did have an experience many years ago. And many people would call it a near-death experience. But what I know, it was powerful and it rocked my world. And it was so powerful, I was not even able to discuss it for a very long time. And I questioned if it really even happened. But what happened was, so I'm in my late 30s and went in for a supposed routine surgery. And two weeks to the date of the operation, it was late at night and I began hemorrhaging severely. We lived about 30 minutes from the nearest hospital. By the time the ambulance got me to the hospital, I remember just being so cold and shaking and obviously my body was going into shock. And after the emergency surgery, I awakened in a very dark hospital room. And the most vivid feeling for me was how I was so cold and I was exhausted from just shaking and obviously from this tremendous blood loss. And I, I just remembered all I wanted to do was to be able to relax because of the cold. And the room was dark and I could see my husband in the corner of the room asleep. And the most overwhelming feeling in this darkness just happened because all I wanted was to feel warm. And in a moment, my eyes were closed and the shivering just stopped and I became instantly warm and relaxed and the room filled with a fantastic light. And I remember lying there with my eyes closed, basking in this light. And then of course, you know, the logic kicked in, well, who turned on the light? And as I opened my eyes, I could not believe the brilliance of how there was this light that completely enveloped every inch of my hospital room. But what was more impressive was the light was so bright, but it did not hurt my eyes. And as I've thought about this experience over the years, I've never been able to describe the light I saw with adequate words. But the light was pure, brilliant, warm, enveloping, and clean. These are the best terms I can use to describe what I was seeing. I had never before experienced anything like the light. And there was more though than the brilliant light at the foot of my bed was an outline of what I knew to be a person or being. And I could not see his face because the light was coming from behind him. And I used the term him because I knew it was a male form. And without using a voice as you and I or you hearing my voice right now, it wasn't like that. He said four statements to me that I will never forget. And these statements have had a profound effect on my life. And here's what they, what he said. First, you're going to be okay. I have work for you to do. And immediately with my type A personality, I said, what work? I'll do whatever you want me to. And he replied, in my own time, 
and now rest, my child. He said the last statement, and then the light went away, and the warmth I was feeling left, and once again I became ice cold, shivering, almost convulsing, I was so cold. And I remember calling out to my husband saying, did you see him? Did you see the man at the foot of my bed? And he looked at me strangely and shook his head no. And so I, man, I started to question the whole experience and started doubting myself. You know, was that a dream? Was, was that really real? Am I just on all kinds of medication? But the nurses knew something happened because they came running into my room. They're looking at all my stats and are you feeling okay? And there was definitely... I don't know how long this time was, but according to the nurses, there was a time that I was not considered alive. But what happened approximately six months after this incident was I was at a party and there was a man who came in the front door and I remember the light being behind him, the sunlight, and he was elderly and he was on a walker. And I had not spoken of my experience to anyone except for my husband. And I had this overwhelming urge to go tell this man my story. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Why would I go tell this complete stranger this story that I had not shared with anyone? So finally, I made my way over to him and I said, sir, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to tell you the story. And he said, he was very kind and said, sure. And as I started to explain this to him, he said, he just grabbed my hand and said, stop. And he called his wife over. He said, start again. As I told the story, big tears rolled down his cheeks as he told me, I used to be the former chief of staff at the local hospital, actually where I had been. And I've heard these stories many, many times and I've always scoffed them off. But he said, you have now confirmed I had the same experience and that it was very real. And of course, I'm crying because now he's confirmed that I didn't just dream this. This was very real for me as well. And so this real life encounter provided for both of us a way that God had reached us and confirmed for us. And I've never seen this man again, yet I'm so thankful God placed him at that party for both of us to receive the confirmation of the divine intervention and that beautiful light. Y'all, there are no accidents or coincidences when it comes to God. He orchestrates it all and gives us unusual gifts and experiences. And to this day, I still marvel at this story. So it just seemed right to include this story when we're talking about radiating God's light. But I wanna take a little more in-depth look at what science is discovering regarding light. In living organisms, it has been found that cells emit a light called a biophoton, which is a tiny little emission of light resulting from a chemical reaction. And we can see this in some organisms like jellyfish and some species of plankton, where you can see those bioluminescence um, in the sea. I actually got to see that in Costa Rica. And it was beautiful and fascinating. But scientists have also observed a light within our own cells, which is so tiny, we can't see it with the naked eye. However, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The scientific community has shown great interest in the study of biophotons. If cells emit light and are altered by the chemistry of the body, in what ways could this light be altered in terms of diagnosing and treating disease? Food for thought. But one of the most recent and fascinating pieces of information 
I've come across involves the discovery of a protein within our cells called laminin. This protein is found in the matrix, which is this jelly-like substance that surrounds the, the cell. It's like a cushion and laminin actually acts like a glue holding the cell and all of its parts together. It's kind of a framework, if you, so to speak. Without light emitting through the electron microscope though, we would have never discovered any of these tiny structures, including laminin. But I want to read you a verse from Romans 1.22. Paul says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Wow. Amazingly, the molecular structure of laminin, guess what it's in the form of, you guys? It is in the form of a cross. Wow. So if you look at it, it's actually, it's three main strands that wind around and one goes straight up, one goes to the left, one goes to the right, which is what creates this chain that forms a cross. So good grief, you guys. There we have it down to the cellular level. This laminin protein is holding us together and it is the shape of this cross. And Pastor Louis Giglio spoke about this when he met a molecular biologist who explained laminin to him, sharing how it was in the form of the cross. And from the verse from Colossians 1, 15 through 17, it came a whole new meaning. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones of power or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Oh my word, mind blown moment really mind-blown moment. It was a wow moment for me, which rocked my world while researching all of this. And sure, there are naysayers out there uh, claiming the actual photograph of laminin isn't a perfectly straight cross. But oh my gosh, you guys, look it up. <laughs> they're, they're crosses. And they're throughout every single cell in our body. It's amazing. And another thought about those three strands that make up this laminin. Wow, when I really put this together, my heart jumped out of my chest. So stay with me. Okay, in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before men and that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. So you guys, those three strands that are wrapped around, think about the cord of three strands that are not easily broken. And here they are forming this laminin, which radiates light in all of our cells. You guys, it is time. <laughs> oh my word. It is so time for you to get out there and shine your light for the Lord. You guys, we're in a dark world and it's getting darker and he desperately needs his church to be his light for others to see this light radiating and shining forth. We cannot be living in a just this fearful where we want to just hide. People need to see our light. We are not to live in fear. I've talked about that many times. So get out there today. Radiate God's love. Share his light with the world. I promise you, 
when you radiate, people are drawn to you and they don't even know why. But maybe that's your opportunity to share with them what your light means. Wow. Love this topic, you guys. I've loved sharing it with you. And I really pray and hope that you will um, reach out to me on my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Just click on the connect button and let me know who you are and where you're from. It's so fun to connect with you. So until next time, as always, are you fully living today? Hi, stay tuned for my mini podcast, Ask Dr. Paula. It'll be in the last five minutes of the show and a time for me to answer your questions. So to submit a question, simply go to drpaulamcdonald.com and click on contact me. I can't wait to hear from you. Hello there on our Ask Dr. Paula. Today, we're going to talk about a question that came in regarding last week's podcast on harnessing God's energy. And this was a great question. This woman asked me about, she likes to have massage and I do too. I, it really keeps me upright after all my surgeries that I've had on my back. And um, she was asking about the Reiki healing and the Reiki, which is all about energy. And I told her when I emailed her back that you do have to be careful about the type of people that are into Reiki because most of them that I have found are not Christian believers and they are believing in the whole mother earth and, you know, a higher power, but not the God that we're talking about higher power. So you really do have to caution against the Reiki healing and understand that healing comes from God and he can heal through massage. And he, and yes, we do have pent up energy in our body and stored, which causes pain, which can cause disease. And so finding a good faith-based practitioner, massage therapist, that's what I've done because they're not looking at this from a, you know, a universalist type of um, way. They're looking at it from God that they pray over you and ask God to use you know, him to guide them through and find those areas of pent up energy to release them. So, you know, that's what I would say in answering that you have to be, you do have to use some, some good discernment and just pray about it. But finding that faith-based massage therapist or energy worker, whatever you want to call them, I would do some homework and I would just be, I would use caution, but there are some wonderful, wonderful faith-based people out there that give amazing massages. I'm for one. I'm so lucky. I have wonderful Miss Josie. I'm giving you a shout out here in Granbury, Texas. She's wonderful. But anyway, just use your, use your prayer, use your discernment, and you'll find that right person. Thanks again, everybody. I love your Ask Dr. Paula questions. Keep them coming. Go to drpaulamcdonald.com. And until next time, see you later. Live today. Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in abundant connection with God.